The following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bottomless Pod Trap Movie Review. Uh, we missed you. We're finally back in studio. In the new studio. The beautiful, beautiful two-car garage we call the studio is no more. We're in an actual building, boys. We are. We got a pool table. We got a ping-pong table. We got a room for Legos. We got a mixer lounge. We've yeah. got a, a living room area. We've got Lego. We got a room. Mas- we got a masseuse. We've got everything in this building. This building Therapists for your yeah emotional needs. Well, yeah. We oh, got somebody she, who she moved out after. I was going to say she's got to be on the clock twenty four seven if professional cuddler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Dear. That's an unemployed <laughs> reference. From a movie. It is. <laughs> and this is a movie review podcast. Face toucher. But <laughs> most importantly, we have you, the listener or listeners. Yep. So nice we got to hear it twice. Love it. That's good to be back. I miss this. I do too. It, 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 this is good. I uh wondered how it was going to work out here and I think uh, it's going to work out Pretty darn good. Yeah, we're so far away from each other. We went from sitting at, at a small little round table to... Something more professional looking. Yeah. Now we're at desks away from each other. I have a, compu- a desktop computer at my... Uh, now you're just bragging. Yeah. Well, Lonnie has one too. He just doesn't know the code to get I, it. Yeah, I just <laughs> don't know. So I, got a, I, got a, I got an iPhone and a notebook. He's got a camera that follows him. <laughs> yeah. And Justin's got like a desk on wheels. Nice, crazy. <laughs> it we'll makes to, me go. We took a picture before recording tonight. We'll have to post that on the page yeah. so people can see at least the orange wall and the beautiful our, our accent wall with our um, whiteboard our marker board on it. Yeah, voice. I love it. And and sticky notes of an upcoming longy movie. I don't know what we're gonna call full length shorty movie. Not so shorty not films. so shorty. Not so shorty. Yeah, that's what I should change the name of my dick to. Not so shorty. Then you'd just be lying. I know. Oh. I'm good at it, though. Being not so short or lying? Lying. Oh, okay. And oh. not so short? Well, I'm, I'm, I am pretty short. But anyway, we did something a little bit unique for this episode. Uh, I picked a movie that none of the three of us have ever seen. Uh, I just went on Rotten Tomatoes and went to the 100% movies and grabbed one. Uh, so we watched The Evil Within. The Evil Within. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ah. That was 2017 when that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, thought this was like one like back in the 90s. Well, it kind of had that feel, yeah. It, it kind of had that, that pacing of like a 90s suspenseful horror movie. But quick synopsis on it. The sadistic 
tale of a lonely, mentally handicapped boy who befriends his reflection in an antique mirror. The demonic creature orders him to go on a murderous rampage to kill the people he loves the most. Yeah. That's short and sweet. That's what this movie was. Yeah, yeah. Was that your own or was that uh, IMDb's? All right. Yeah. Stop doing that. <laughs> Stars uh, Matthew Berryman, horror icon. Michael? Ma- Yo, no, Matthew, his brother. No, of course it's Michael. And I can't <laughs> read. Uh, my, uh, Matthew Mc- McGrory, I think is how last name's pronounced. Yeah. And then Frederick Corler, or Corler. Corler. I think that's the best way. Corler. Corler. And this is one of his only speaking roles, which I was surprised at. Really? Wasn't yeah. he in Big Fish? That guy? No, no. Who is, who's the who's the guy in Big Fish? The giant. And then Sean Patrick Flannery <laughs> while he's looking <laughs> that up. <laughs> I ignored so No, no, no. You were looking it up, but I was just trying up, to keep the pace going. I'm looking up Frederick Kohler. He was in Oz. He, like, that's what I know him from. He's been in a lot of stuff. Holy buckets. Oh, yeah. My goodness, he's he one started of those, in 1981? I was going to say, he like he's one of those guys two? who's like in his mid-40s, but he looks like he's a teenager. Definitely. Uh, he was in All My Children, Law and Order, Allie McBeal. Let's get to some movies here. No, that's the TV series. Malcolm in the Middle. Man, he's been in a lot of TV shows. Right. Domino. The movie? Yes. So, like Marvel? Mm. Death Race, The Mentalist. Lost, really? Death Race Two, Law and Order LA, Grim, Criminal Minds. He did a he did an awesome portrayal in this. He was very believable. I thought so. Anyways, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. So uh, before we get into that, what do you fellas think? Let's let's hear some of your 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 thoughts. Let's hear your your personal Our reviews. Rating? Of, of yeah, it? your ratings on it. So. um Definitely an interesting. Like I said, I looking at the poster of this, I thought this was something from like the '90s, and then I watched the trailer to it. Trailer really didn't grab my attention when I started the movie. The opening scene of this, I was just like, "Eh, I don't know about this." But once the movie got going pretty quickly, I think that Frederick Kohler played an amazing role. I think there's a lot of him split person. His his obviously his reflection is a. That's it's not, it's not really him, but it's a reflection of him. It's an evil version, normal that's, version. That's Matthew. That's Matthew McGorry. No, that's Frederick. That's Frederick. Matthew McGorry is the giant that's in The Devil's Rejects. And Are you sure? House, you got it pulled up there in front of $1,000. Frederick Kohler is the oh, lead. Then I got them two mixed up. Sorry. So, yeah, Matthew McGorry. Stay in your corner. My bad. Stay in your corner. My bad. So, but uh, I don't have a computer. I just have it written down on a piece of paper. We don't let them have computer privileges <laughs> since last time. Cut that. Cut that out. I think that uh, Frederick did an amazing job and a believable job, uh, especially when he was having conversations with himself in the mirror. Uh, it was very believable. And then it was just, I thought the movie was very well written. It was one of those easy plots that was easy to follow. They didn't try to throw too much crazy stuff in it. I really enjoyed the movie, and this is probably the rating I'm going to give it is probably my second highest rating I've ever given. I'm giving it 9.5 Jeez. because that .5, I didn't like the beginning of the, the, oh, the opening scene. like the dialogue? No. I, I, I thought that it could have been a little bit 
something a little different, but that's the only reason why I did not get a 10 in my eyes. To bounce off of that, I did like the opening because I think it wrapped it at the very end pretty well. It gave a a nice intro. What I really liked about it, because it, it did remind me of a comic book that I used to read, which is called The Dreaming, which comes from the Sandman, the Sandman series. like, And it showed like the lady with the, was this his mom or something? Or supposed to be his mom in this little dream sequence at the carnival. And the mom had like mouths for eyes. That which, part was cool. Yeah, it reminded me of the Corinthian character in The Dreaming. And I love that whole, it's a, it's a mind fuck sort of a Porn. comic oh. story. But yeah, uh, they used a lot of practical effects. The story wasn't too out there, but they did play with some very interesting practical illusions as well. Like the using the use of mirrors and colors. And what I knew about like the background of this, the director, like it took him what, 15, 16, 17 years, I guess, to make this. Right. It was his yeah. one and only film yeah. he ever did. He unfortunately passed away yeah. shortly after making this two film. Two years two years before its release, he was he was passed. It was like, fuck, dude, dude didn't get to see his own work. But I thought it was amazing. Few things that could have been that could have used some work, but I would rank it up there at an eight point five. Yeah, this film, oh I got a love hate relationship with this film. I have two small complaints about this film. Other than that, I think this film was almost great, almost perfect. I instantly have to take a half a point away because I think Frigid Kohler, I think he went a little too hard R with his acting. I think it could have been pulled back a little bit more. Remote? With his mentally handicapped acting. I think he did it very, very well. But I think in some of the scenes almost seemed a little overacted like i think he could have toned it back just a little but some of the best mentally handicapped acted scenes from like billy bob thornton in sling blade or tom hanks and forrest gump brad pitt and <laughs> brad or uh leonardo DiCaprio and, and anything <laughs> eating gilbert Grape. there's just there's that certain level you can hit and it's great, and you just stay there. And any more than that perfect level is kind of, well, maybe that was a tad too much. And there was a couple moments in his acting that were just maybe an 11, where a 10 would have been sufficeable. Like his actions, he didn't need to hold his hands in the in the hooked position. I think That's it's just not necessary oh. when the majority of it was off screen. And it would zoom out, and you could see his hands in the hooked position. The physical. It's not necessary. Eh, I thought it was. It's good. Yeah. But it's like I said, when it's off screen, it's not necessary. It could be him getting into character and staying in character. But it's just, I, I just felt it was a little unnecessary. I thought he was pretty believable because yeah. there was a small, oh, he's part, there was a small part of me where I was just like, man, is this guy really? Yeah, like, double check it. Yeah. yeah, until he switched in, into like a normal voice. But his voice was the narrator voice as right, well. Yeah. I think when it comes to acting, like I'm totally fine with that. As long as it's not being... Disrespectful. Yeah. It's very tasteful. Like he's doing it for the character that was created for this. And it's right. like, dude, like you you locked it down. Right. And it, like I said, fantastic portrayal. The ending was a little meh for me. It was very fast. It, yeah. The, the, if for a movie that was paced so well to have such a fast ending... I don't know if it was a budgetary issue. They couldn't afford to have a slower ending, or maybe it was the guy who wrote it and directed it. He just Getty. ran out of ideas. I think it works with the theme 
that it, it finally reveals at the very end as well. Right. We'll get into that too. And it almost felt a little too action-y, which some of those movies tend to be. Like any any movie that involves the police at the end tends to feel a little too action-y. Like when some. something's so supernatural and then they try to bring a police element into it, it's like you lose the supernatural and then it turns into like a man versus beast almost thing. But – with those little things being said, I absolutely – I love this movie. Like I was shocked how much I actually liked this movie. I give it a solid nine. So nine. Boom. That gives us a BPT rating of nine. Yeah, right on. Great. That's a second, third highest ranked movie that we've done. And that is – randomly picked one. That's see. a good one. That is the second. Yep. And I'm in I'm in the kind of between you two on basically like narration monologue at the beginning. I think it was necessary to be in there, but I think it could have been done a little bit more ethereal, if that makes sense. Like make it more magical if it's a, if it's a dream sequence, make it like more dreamy. Like the only thing that made it feel dreamy was the mother's face with the mouth, the eyes right. and the mouth. Like that was the only part of that scene that made it feel like a dream i think he just used too many big words in that that opening monologue of it like i just uh stuff he was saying i'm just like eh, well, that you could just i talk to us like a it could sit person. out of the way well and like, the, that's kind of that was part of his character though and he brought that up multiple times when he's like his brother used big words and he could not talk back to him because he knew these big words and he said that multiple times through the movie so I think it's it was kind of a, a character development. It was his mind because he was smart, and then his brother damaged him. So he used to be able to use big words, and you were supposed to come full circle that at the end he was able to use big words again when it was taken over. So like I think that's why there were so many – the dialogue at the beginning was so sophisticated is because in the beginning he was able – he was very smart. He was right. able to do He was do a prodigy, and using the, the very finished – polished monologue at the very beginning and then he prefaces like this is the only well i don't know if he said like the so only it's time, but like I, I sound in real life better, like yeah, yeah. I, I, in my head i sound much better than in real life and so the way he talks to himself in his head at least in the opening prefaces the if do you want to call it a genius like he is a, a prodigy genius prior but now he's like a mad genius at least inside at least the reflection, the, the little thing that's trapped inside him that was once was has this uh, resentment towards his brother, and it finally takes a hold of him. It, it right. yeah, wraps around his brain. Is it the mirror? Is he finally seeing what is an actual reflection? Is it just something that's kind of finally slipping, neurons finally connecting and, and correcting with the negativity that kind of produced since way back? Well, there's a line, and let me pull it up here. And it kind of touches on that a little bit here. Let me find it here. That he says in the movie, like, about his brain to him. It's in the quote section. While you're pulling that up. I could not stand that counselor. <laughs> she oh, was, yeah. Uh, or, or the social security. Yeah, yeah. Or, the, the, the social worker. The lady? Yeah. Yeah, she, she was creepy looking. One thing I will say, the actress Brianna Brown is beautiful. You would say that. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so the line in the movie after Dennis has killed a couple people, and he kills someone in the bathroom. He says the line, 
you didn't talk me into that one. I just did it, and I don't know why. So he goes from his darkness starting out killing animals, cats and dogs, and then he kills a child, and then he starts killing people, and then he randomly kills a guy in the bathroom, and he was not told to do it. He just randomly does it, and it's like that fixation, that need, because the darkness is telling him he's going to be normal. If he keeps doing this, he's going to be normal. And the movie has this quality of looking at it from like a medical point of view where someone who has that want to be better and want to be normal is going to grasp every straw and every ring of this potential is going to get me back to being normal and it was just there were certain lines in this movie that were so beautiful and so almost eerily poetic from a movie that you wouldn't expect this type of movie to have those lines. They just hit your heart and hit your soul and just grabbed you, and that yeah. was one of those lines. That bathroom kill is one of my favorite ones. Where it just it walks in. so fucking, fucking just, unexpected. Yeah, it just walks in, stabs him for no reason, no purpose, just to, just to kill him. And it, it kind of, you know, it's one of those kills where it's just like it wasn't graphic. I mean, there's a few blood splatters on the camera, but it messed with me when I watched it. And I actually watched that scene a couple of times because it's just you put yourself in the person's shoes that's in the stall. It's like somebody at a restaurant like where they were at did not expect something like that to, and then just to fucking open the window and dump the body out it's like what the fuck i think one of the weirdest ones was like at the ice cream shop i'm like there's a little mentally challenged little ninja popping out of the cabinet right <laughs> like he does like a little yeah. swing flip there's a supernatural moment in the, the ice cream shop moment like how does the sink turn on you clearly can see there's no one around the there's sink. a few just his movements of springing which also kind of plays more into the ending Right. It's like he's little Spider-Man. Right. The restaurant that they go to, I don't know why, but I love that song that was playing when he goes <laughs> in there and that creepy animatronic. Like I, I've been trying to find that song and I can't find it anywhere. Right. But it was just, it fit perfectly. And I don't know. I think that was a good explanation when Sean Patrick Flannery is like explaining like the animatronics, yeah. how it lifts the arm. Yeah, and he's like, it's just, right. he, it was very straight to the point. And normally like, or I guess even using the visuals with like the paper plate and stuff. And like, he's kind of teaching him how to entrap himself. Well, and then at the end he uses that with all the yeah. dead bodies. The thing is, it's like what Sean Patrick Flannery's character, when he, one of his very first introductions into the film, he's sitting on like a red couch and red is usually going to be like symbolizing the danger. And he has like a sense of danger in his own comfortability. He thinks this is his house. Uh, I believe at the very end, he sits in a red chair and like red is kind of like the bullseye, the 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 spot that you need to be at, or or the target, and just taping them down, or not taping, Those but gluing them down. Yeah. It's like he's stuck in this trap, in this web, you know. And there's all the animatronics with the wireworks. There's that long spiel about being a spider. He right. he had to become a spider, and they eat their own. So right, he's trying to kill his brother. And this was we, we talked about this a little bit in the intro that. The director, writer, Andrew Getty, this was his one and only film. And it took him 17 years to finish this. And it all came from from nightmares he was having. So he was reaching into human experience. Daddy, also the son of Sam killings inspired him too. Right, yeah. And unfortunately, he died. And it's not from a meth 
overdose, but from methamphetamine-related death, something in his system gave out due to the methamphetamine consumption, which thankfully he was able to release this film and and get noticed because of this film. But what he could have done after this film, I mean, we lost a a great talent. But looking at the fucking... The, what some of the, the visuals in this film were, but what his head had to be like to put this on paper, like living those nightmares again. Like I can't understand right. what was going on I, in his head. He has one credit on IMDb, and it's one hell of a credit to have. Right. I mean, that's... Uh, oh, yeah. The dream I, play in this was awesome. That's I think that was one of my favorite things with a lot of movies or pieces is like when they introduce dream play. Right. Because it could be anything at that point, and, and it's allowed to be. So you have to suppress the realism and go with it. And then right. there's, you don't know which part is dream play and what not. And then when you're using, like, cerebral inefficiencies, you know, he's, he's mentally handicapped. So you don't even know which, which part of, of that. Like, I, when he wakes up and he's like, how do I know, or, like, what is a dream? A dream is something that you tell yourself. and Yeah, where uh, he's trying, that your two halves of your head are right. lying to one half is lying to the other. And he has enough logic to know the difference between it, but yeah. This movie was supposed to be titled The Storyteller originally, but I think I like The Evil Within better. Yeah. Although I don't like that it's so much of a fight with the video game. <laughs> yeah, that game. That was a great game. Yeah, but researching it was hard. Uh, another one of those great lines in this movie that life is a story. People think dreams are stories. They seem like stories, but they're not. It, it's a perfect example of how this movie flows where the darkness that envelops him and making him do these things actually takes control of him. I guess later in the film with switching him with the darkness. It's a very, not a cop-out way, I guess, of saying it, but a great transition way of pulling himself into the mirror and taking the darkness out of the mirror to, like, build to that conflict. Like, they did all they could do with Dustin being his handicapped self, but at this time... Dennis. Dennis. Dennis, sorry. (laughs) You are terrible with names (laughs) on this one. I'm terrible with names all the time. I'm Jeremy. When Evil Dennis at this time has already broken the facade of being like an exact copy, he's speaking perfectly, he's acting perfectly, you know shit's about to go down where he exits the mirror and puts normal Dennis, Dustin, into the mirror. Uh That's where I, where I point or pulled off some points for is I think they would have been, it would have served me better if they used more transitions when he goes from mirror Dennis to regular Dennis, it's like he was doing the transitions on camera. I'm like, you, you could have used that so much better because yeah. you're just watching his face just morph back and forth. Well, I don't know if you want to say morph, but he's he's purposely going into it. Right. But I think it would have been so much better if there was like some sort of glitch transition or, or something that, like I liked one of the original ones where he's moving the mirror back and forth. So you're right. seeing the one on the floor and then the one on the, well, it would be the, the ceiling, but the, the reflection that's on the upwards. Right. But that one was kind of cool. But at the very end, when he's doing all those without much of change. Right, in the bathroom mirror. Yeah. Where like, that could have been better. Face is turning, and then, yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, the mirror maze room, that was another place that was really cool. That would like, be a bitch to film. 
Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, like, it's like Enter the Dragon style, but it's on a lower budget. Yeah. If you saw the movie It, they did something like that, and you should check that one out, Jeremy. Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, I'll watch the original one all day. They did this movie on, like, a $6 million dollar budget was all. That's what I was looking yeah. at. Yeah, but, yeah, the Mirror Maze Room, that it's kind of also million. tacks on to the theme of, like, the whole spider thing. And I think going deeper with, like, the whole spider analogy... I mean, like, well, other things that have strings is, like, puppets. Puppets and spiders. Right. Spiders are more being the one in control, and puppets are the one being controlled. And where he thinks he's the spider, he's actually the puppet. So at the very end, when, you know, the cops come in, and he's using all these little animatronics to try to kill the people in front, you know, like his brother and all this, and then he gets pulled out and put into a insane asylum. So he's back into the, the puppet persona. What I think is crazy is this movie. This movie is not rated. Yeah. How is it not rated? Because I don't think it ever had a theatrical release. Even so, to have any kind of release, you have to have a rating, I thought. But, and I don't understand why it can't get a rating because, I mean, it wasn't that, wasn't that graphic over, or anything. Gory but, or, yeah. Yeah. I can see it getting a simple R. Oh, yeah. I'm pull, I pulled up a picture of that anima, creepy <laughs> animatronic that's the singing. singing monkey. Yeah, the Pete character, I thought that dude was pretty funny. The one who had the other books. Yeah. yeah. He looked terrified when they came up. And they're like, it's so good to see you. And he's like, uh, you He looked like he too? shouldn't have been there. And, uh, and like, like he just looked like a random person just sitting there in the background. Like he's wearing like a fuck you shirt. Yeah, the fuck you. You can <laughs> yeah. only see the CK and the I, Y. You're like, that shirt clearly says when he, fuck you. When Sean Patrick Flannery's character finally gets up and, you know, leaves, he's like, call the cops. And he's like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> There's two things I remember him in. The first one was one of my favorite TV shows of all time, King of Queens. He played different characters on that show. But then I also loved him in um, Employee of the Month with Dane Cook and Jessica Simpson. Did you guys watch that yeah. one? Yeah. He was the manager of the store. He, he plays the same character no matter what film he's in. Even this one, he's kind of the same character as he was as the manager of Speedy Mart or whatever it was called. I also noticed those... The cops, the the Skyler brothers, Sklar brothers, Sklar or whatever. brothers, yeah, they're popular comedians for us. Yeah. They are, yeah. and what I think is weird, there. I don't know if you guys watch America's Got Talent, but they were on last week's show as stand-up comedians. I'm like, how the fuck are these guys? They've already made it. Why yeah, are they on the show? It just shows how shitty Hollywood is right now. They I guess get. so. They need a burner, <laughs> yeah, probably to increase their relevance yeah. as well. Um, I this, think this movie had very beautiful cinematography. Absolutely, yeah. I think, uh, this is all made in the dude's mansion, the Andrew Getty's mansion. Like, this is in his house. Well, other than the ice cream shop place and right. the street scene. and One yeah. of, Oh, sorry. <laughs> Finish your thought. I was, I was also going to say, this is the second movie where a main character makes another person rather handicapped. Yeah. The other one was... Darkly Noon. Uh, no, no, not that. Uh, Kill Zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh? Okay. The brother here makes Dennis handicapped by punching him. Punching him. Oh, gotcha. And in Kill Zone, gotcha, gotcha. in Kill Zone, Donnie Yen's character makes one of his targets handicapped by punching him onto the car. I mean, see, see that uh, review. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> there, there's yeah. really like when a movie is as good as this. There's not too much that I can say about it because. Yeah, it's yeah, just you, one of those you got to watch it. It, it's, it was very artistic. Yeah, yeah, and I think 
like I said, that Frederick is was perfect for that role. Yeah. And his voice, I think, was it was unique and it fit the part very well to play a mentally handicapped person than a not so mentally handicapped person. And it was and, such a flawless change. Yeah. Like when he would be speaking in the mirror, like it was such that flawless switch to another. And yeah, it was so smooth. And, and I think Michael Berryman. I wonder how much they got him for because his role wasn't very significant. And maybe 10 minutes of the whole movie. Yeah, I think there they, was a, they had him for like maybe two days uh, filming, I'm assuming. There was some, I want to say there was some issues with like a lot of the main cast. Uh, Kohler was one of the only ones who was there from the start, from day one. But I want to say Sean Patrick Flannery had some issues with him. I read an article that like he was trying to get out of it or drop off or they were going to use another actor or... A few main actors, I guess, had some issues with uh, Andrew Getty. But with Michael Berryman's character, I loved that effect that they use with, like, the infinity mirror where they take two mirrors and they place them against each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they they totally did a little mind fuck with me when it shows him in one side and then he's, like, going through, like, doorways. I'm like, but the character of the main character, Dennis, moves out or tries to move out of the frame, but then he gets snatched. I'm like, what? Whoa, that was weird. Yeah. Like, you could kind of see it coming because the, like, difference in the forearms. Right. So you kind of, like, as a horror fan, you could kind of go, oh, there it is. But if you're not looking for it, it, it you could see it coming. Um, One of the things I loved about this movie, and I don't know if you guys noticed it, where it was just one of those preference choices, but, like, when they did their CG, or their CGI, it was claymation. Yeah. Like, and I liked that. I liked the claymation over the standard special effects. I, I count claymation as practical, so. All right. Yeah. It's very practical. Hard to do. I was wondering uh, with Matthew McGrory, I had, I was thinking this had to have been like his, one of his last films. It was his last film. I'm on his IMDb. This was the last thing he was credited for before he died. But before that, his last movie that he did was 2007. So there was 10 years be- between acting, which I think that's kind of, for somebody like him and his stature, I'm surprised that there was that big of a gap. I wonder health reasons or whatever, but I've only known him from House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's big Rejects. Tiny, yeah, and big Fish. Big Fish. Is, <laughs> that's how I found out yeah. about him. But he had, like, there's, there's two different, ways you can go when you have the the giantism or whatever it is and it's just it's hell on your body well yeah it's just the misery that he had to go through and well i just i his voice like like how how the fuck does your voice do that that's just insane he's on speaker <laughs> all I mean, the time it's, it's something to do with the, their thyroids yeah i wish somebody would have done a documentary on him yeah before he passed away followed him around because a day in his life, good lord, I can't even imagine. Like I said, I think this is. I can't remember if he did and it had any speaking lines in Big Fish or not, but this he, was, he one, was of, one of the main guys. No, in Big wait Fish a second, that. wait a second. He died in two thousand five. How did he make a movie in two thousand seven? How did he make he be in a movie in two thousand seventeen? He died. He he died two August ninth two thousand five. He had a movie come out. In 2006 and 2007, which I get that post-production, right? But fucking 12 years later. So how? 
when did Andrew I Getty I thought we start? took a long time editing. Jesus yeah. Christ. So how long has Andrew Getty been filming this? Said it took him long. He said 17, 17 years. years, yeah. He's Andrew been filming it for 17 years or yeah. planning it and took like a the year, whole filming the whole thing. process yeah. took him about 17 years. How the years. fuck is that possible? Because all the actors look exactly the same in it. I mean, if you, if you look at uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, he's in the scene with this. Um, oh, he doesn't age like that fast. With with uh, Matthew McGrory, and he looks exactly the same in it. So how the fuck did they film it way back when? Is that why like? Even Frederick looks young in it. Like, did they film this back in 2005, 2006, whatever? And then it took them 12 years to edit it? I mean, it sounds like it would have had to. Because there were some like antique things. Like, his cell phone was very old looking. Like, it was a slide up, like one of the first (laughs) like brick phones that slid up. Yeah. And the QWERTY keyboard and. Well, you guys keep talking. I'm going to do some research on this because now I'm interested. <laughs> he's he's he, in research. If mode. he died in 2005, yeah, we would have had a because this was released. It was 17 years in the making. Yeah, he died in 2015. The director, so he had 15 years. So he would have started in 2000. And I'm assuming that since a lot of the stuff was practical, he was behind the button, if you will, right? Of you know pulling the plug and stuff on everything. He made a lot of the stuff in his own house in his mansion. I mean, the guy came from money, so Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Filming began in 2002 and the film was shot largely in Getty's own mansion. He also converted one of the rooms in his mansion into a post-production suite. He made his own unique camera rigs, built expensive sets, and with his FX team, he created elaborate animatronic robots including an octopus that can play a drum kit the production however would stop and start over many years as it was beset with funding issues and conflicts with the cast including a lawsuit from a studio assistant the cast and crew went through a number of changes and according to Kohler only he and Michael Berryman made it through to the changes this was the final film featuring Matthew McGrory who appeared in an uncredited cameo footage shot before his death in 2005 the health conditions of both mcrory and berryman who has been ill for some years have slowed down the production and scripted scenes had to be replaced getty continued to work on the film for many years after the filming creating his own special effects and trying to perfect the film he died in 2015 before the film was finished with the coloring and editing not completed producer michael luceri who had also edited the film, finished the film. It's so, Lucchetti. Wow. That's shut the fuck up. <laughs> so that's well, crazy. Yeah. In that time too, uh Sean Patrick Flannery released Boondock Saints two. Great movie. Saw Ding the Dong. Saw, the Saw. Final chapter. Devil's Carnival. Phantom. Ugh, he was on Dexter. Like he had a good run, oh, yeah. so that's why was. people probably thought he was being a dick. It's he's like this low budget film isn't putting money in my pocket when he's got fucking Boondock Saints two that is fucking him. bankrolling him a new today. edition so on his home. For those of you that were giving me shit about the Shadow's Edge that we filmed in two thousand nine and it didn't get released till two thousand thirteen, hey, suck it. Come on now, yeah. At suck least it. he didn't die. Wow, I did not. Well, all in all, I thought the movie was a great movie. I really liked the spider analogies, like even at the very end where the brother, what is Sean Patrick's 
name in that movie. John? John. John. Yeah. So when he's at the very end, when he comes back to the house and he's like following this string all the way down to the bottom, to the lair, to the, to the center of the web. I really love the, the play with that. There's bigger themes at play, even using like the themes of like reflections, a uh, symbology of what's on the other side of yourself. But great movie. I, I would, I'm kind of surprised I had the lower ranking from you guys, but. I can't yeah. believe out of all the fucking movies we'd watched that this one has the least amount of theory in your eyes. No kidding. I, I, I was expecting a lot. I wanted to do a second watch with this. I, I must have got baked or something. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure with garlic. Hey, hey, priorities. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was definitely a good one. I enjoyed it for things that I would change. I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to watch the beginning scene again. But I, I just feel like it could have been a little bit more simplistic. The beginning scene did give me high hopes for something, but they never returned back to that sort of dream play. Right. But, I mean, they, they did close it up with a totally different... It was twisted. I liked the twistedness. Right. I think, I think all in all, I, I like the pace of the movie. I like the... It wasn't long, drawn-out death scenes. It was boom, quick, in your face. Right. He's talking about killing somebody. He kills them. It's done. But the, the ending could have been maybe a little bit differently. But I've seen a lot of worse endings. So. Oh, absolutely. So I definitely, there's there's not too much I would change about this movie. Justin? Like I said, with the transitioning from dark Dennis to regular Dennis, I think that could have been fixed a little bit better. The budget wasn't necessarily there. I think they could have done more with uh, Michael Berryman as well. He, man, just that part where at the very beginning where... That was a very unique thing where he's tacking the zipper yeah, up and then he's crawling yeah, into it. I like that a lot. Yeah. And they didn't return to something like that. I mean, they did do the, if you want to call human centipede makeshift with like the spider limbs or the limbs of the humans being coming into like spiders with the three faces. So it, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six eyes. Yeah. It was interesting. A fast close, but... I mean, that's how it goes when you swat a spider. It's it's done in an instant. So, right, right. Um, I don't know if I would expect a bigger payoff. I think the I don't think you should go into this with a huge payoff. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's it's a story. It's unique. It's not something that's out there. I mean, it it might have I don't know. There is any number of things that could have improved. Even though he, I don't want to say he didn't have a budget. The dude was a fucking millionaire. Right, I mean, he put $6 million into a film that didn't get a theatrical release. And I I would assume he wanted to do way more than what he did. Right. But as an artist, you have to finally let it go. You have to just release it. It's like, dude, just stop. If you do anything else, it might just ruin the whole thing. I mean, he was an artist with a terrible drug problem. Yeah, sometimes that is the muse. No, I I like the movie. 8.5 is what I rank it. Could have used a few things, but... Other than that, I'd watch it again. Yeah. Oh, I would also change that uh, Brianna Brown's character should get topless in it. Oh, never mind. She did. Oh. <laughs> we got that out. <laughs> yeah. God, talk so about you got your killings, you got your nudity. Talk about freckles. Yeah. Not what I was expecting. I've never seen freckles on a areola before. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, one of Jeremy's higher raters. It is. I think probably. I don't think you've gave one a nine. He gave a, half, a 10. Eh? For so one cut one of the cut dead. Of the oh yeah, and nine point five for this. Absolutely, one cut of the dead was fantastic. This is a good one. The one thing I would change, like I said, the end was really fast. I think it's probably what it's like having sex with me. It's fun, and then it ends real quick. I agree. 
Is it fun? It's not. Is it? <laughs> Pay off. It's, oh. it's like watching a drama. It's disappointing, and then you just need tissues when it's over. Ugh, so dirty. Well, Jackson, next one. What's your pick? Uh, I want you guys to pick. I have a comedy, a drama, or an action. I say comedy. Are they all Asian films? Uh, none of them are. Ooh, yeah. One of them does have a few Asians in it, but it's Americanized. It stars an Asian dude and a black dude as the leads. Really cool movie. One comedy, of or is that the action one? That is the action. It's an action comedy. Is it Rush Hour? It is not. Rush Hour 2? It's before Rush, Rush Hour. Hour. <laughs> it's what? Let's go with the comedy. You pick comedy, I'll pick comedy. Okay, we'll go comedy. The comedy that I am... All right, I'm a huge fan of, um, or at least I was way back in the day, Will Sasso. Hilarious. So there's a movie he Quack. did called The Legend of Awesomeness Maximus. Can we change our votes? <laughs> <laughs> you said Will, Will Sasso. I'm like, abort, abort. Hilarious. Awesomeness Maximus? It's a raunchy comedy. Do you want to go with the action or, or, or the other ones? What, what's the, what are the other ones? Do I want to reveal it? Yeah. I'll just let you take it. Do you want to take a mulligan or not? I, Awesomeness I, I, Maximus I, I, looks like one of those like scary movie, epic movie, like one of those. It's supposed to be uh, off of 300. 300, Gladiator. I would say a mulligan. <laughs> no, let's roll the dice. Yeah. Drama so, or action? Action, action comedy. Action, yeah. All right. We're going to watch 1997's Drive. I love this movie. This movie. Oh, is that with that? Uh, Kadeem Harrelson and Mark Dacascos. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of with the. Uh, not that guy. Cute guy. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, not not Gosling's Drive. 1997's Drive. Hilarious. Funny. Mark Dacascos at his prime. Like, this is probably one of the best movies. I think out of all the movies that I rented when I was at Blockbuster, you know, growing up back in the day, this movie, along with The Crow, were probably my two most rented movies. Nice. You got a R.A. Oh, and he got a, what's her name? Brittany Murphy's in this. She did. She doesn't. <laughs> probably one of her best roles that I can. Yeah, before her passing. So, all right, all right. I'll, I'll take this over Will Sasso any day. Yeah, yeah. Well, if if you guys like this podcast or like this episode, and you want to watch uh, the Evil Within, you can find it for free on Vudu. Uh, three bucks on uh, YouTube to rent it. If you want, I watched watch it. it on Tubi for free. You can watch it on Tubi for free. Uh, you can definitely pirate it on the internet like Justin does everything. He I does. do not. Uh, fifth. Fifth. Yes, but his 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 favorite letter is the C. Um, I don't know what that means. Because you're a pirate. Nah, anyway. Anyway. Thank you for listening tonight. We had a fun time. I hope you did too. Fellas, let's wrap it up. Watch movies. Yay. That, you got to do it again. You can't I mean, do it like that. Watch movies. No, don't do the exact same thing again. <laughs> this guy. This fucking guy. Movies watch. <laughs> Have a good night. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This concludes our broadcast day. <laughs> <laughs>